It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I am privileged to be the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Some of you guys on the East Coast wondering where Aurora, Colorado is. It is an eastern suburb of Denver, and we are on the east side of Denver all the way uh, till it goes flatland after Aurora, all the way into Kansas. And we're privileged to be a part of Colorado. We love this state. I love this city serving the Lord here for the last 18 years, uh, privileged to uh, be discipled. I was saved at a Calvary Chapel in Downey, California, uh, under Pastor Jeff Johnson. I spent eight years serving there uh, while I worked in the ambulance industry and then moved here with that job with the sole purpose of being used of God, I hoped, to be a part of a church plant. And I connected with a fellowship that was already meeting and Providentially and graciously, the Lord uh, handed over the leadership of that group of people, and it became known as Calvary Chapel Aurora. And we have been serving our community. Uh, We follow the pattern, and I'm sure your church does as well. We follow the pattern of missions as it's given by Jesus in the book of Acts, where he talked about, remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as he was describing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He told them that they would be witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And Jerusalem is their home base, and that's where we want to be faithful here in Aurora. And then Judea, Samaria were the outlying areas, which we interpret as Colorado, the United States, and then, of course, to the uttermost parts of the earth. We're going to have a missionary update tonight. We have Bible study every Wednesday night. We actually are striving uh, on Wednesday nights to, to be that Acts 2.42 fellowship where we take communion together, we pray together, we sing together, <clears throat> we fellowship, and we study the Bible together. Tonight we're going to be studying First Kings chapter 17, introduced to a fascinating man of the scriptures, his name, Elijah. And today is one of those days where we're only going to cover one verse. We have to meet this man, Elijah. We need to learn from him some characteristics and qualities. Uh, we're going to look at Jane, John, First uh, Kings 17, and then James, because he's mentioned in James. Uh, and we're going to learn some characteristics about our lives from Elijah. So if you're here in the metro area, we invite you. Come on out. Our service starts at 7 uh, p.m., 7 p.m. Our doors open at 6, and uh, we would love to, to have you be a part of the ministry here. Come together. Let's pray together. Uh, let's let's live life together. Let's do life together. Pray, communion, fellowship. Uh, it's it's such a beautiful thing. Uh, especially, I've been noticing uh, as our Wednesday night services are growing uh, that that there's so many people just hanging out, ministering to one another, talking to one another, praying for one another. I love it. It's so beautiful that the Lord would just have His way with us. That we would grow in His grace. So if you're listening on the East Coast, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. So if you're listening in Pennsylvania, in Maryland, in New Jersey, welcome. So glad you're here. 
Those of you in New Jersey, you all, you probably have heard of Bridge FM. You're listening on Hope FM right now, but you've probably heard of Bridge, and they have flipped the switch on their Manhattan radio station. So there is a Christian radio station broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week in Manhattan. Pray for them. Pray for Bridge Radio. Bridge Radio in Manhattan and also in New Jersey. Uh, they're up in the Old Bridge area and a few other places because they have, um, like uh, like Pastor Bill with Marlton, uh, they have quite a few signals. What a blessing. So beautiful that the Lord would be glorified through radio ministry. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, while we wait for the phone lines, Uh, to line up here. I've got a great text question that came up right away that I would like to answer. Uh, It's on the book of Revelation. Uh, And book of Revelation questions are always good. They encourage us as we think through uh, the the truths of Jesus. And this is a great question. Uh, So you have, here, let me read it to you. I got it in my head, but let me read it to you. In Revelation, why did Jesus speak to specific ancient churches if he was also speaking of the future. I know their examples are something we can learn from, but I guess I'm just confused of why he spoke specifically to ancient churches. Well, there's something in the scriptures that's known as a dual fulfilling prophecy, whereas there is a spoken word at the time, and then it's also for a future prophecy. Uh, that that really, you know, as you, as you think through, if you think of the 300 prophecies that spoke uh, of Jesus' first coming, they had relevance in which they were given, and they also had relevance in the prophetic fulfillment of them. So as Jesus is speaking, I I like to refer to these as these post-it notes to the churches. There's a few applications. The first one is to the church. When he was writing to the church in Ephesus, he was writing to the church in Ephesus. When he was writing to the church in Thyatira, he, he was speaking to the church in Thyatira. But there are really four ways that these words of Jesus can be applied. Number one, we've already seen that. They're to be applied locally. Secondly, they also have a global, they also have a global uh, purpose. They apply to any church at any time. And, and as a growing church, most churches are probably in one of those seven stages right now. Of course, we all want to be the church in Philadelphia, uh, but we're not all the church in Philadelphia. Sometimes we go from Philadelphia maybe to Laodicea, the lukewarm church. No church wants, no church's leadership ever wants to admit that they're lukewarm. But I'll tell you this, Pastor, if you're listening in, the minute you admit that you're lukewarm is the minute you can repent and see new life come. So there's a global, there's also a prophetic, there's also a prophetic application of what Jesus wrote to the churches. As we look back on church history, we can see that the seven letters represent church ages. Not exactly, but generally. Very accurate. And then finally, they can be applied personally. So locally, globally, prophetically, and personally. At the end of each letter, there's a call to anyone who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And why did Jesus write to the local churches? Because that was what the local church, Ephesus, Thyatira, Laodicea, needed to hear at the time. Great question. Thanks for asking it. 
303-690-3000. Text me if you like, 720-336-0897. We're going to move right on to Stephanie and Parker. Stephanie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Um, so the reason I'm calling today is sort of a two-part thing, all about the same thing as prayer and understand, and a little bit of understanding and guidance. Um, my husband walked away from God and the church and everything a couple years ago, and I've been praying pretty consistently that he find his way back. And I started praying probably about a year ago, just telling God, you know, before I felt like I had been putting, like, okay, let him come back as long as it works in, inside the box that I want it to be in. And I really felt like he was, God was telling me that it's not about how I want it to be. It's how he wants, how he, how he has things structured and how he's going to make things happen. And so I really started changing how I was praying to say, whatever it takes and tr- and working really hard to truly mean that within me of whatever God needs us to be, let it be that. And he hasn't come back yet or anything. And, uh, in 15 days, I go under transplant surgery, and I've just been having a lot of bad dreams about dying and everything else. And then last night, it came back to my mind that I've been telling God for a year now, whatever it takes to, to bring my husband back to him, because that's really even more important more important to me than a successful transplant or anything is that I know where he'll end up in the end. And I just don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm praying right or well, let I me, don't know. Let me start with saying that I'm very, very sorry that you're meeting trial upon trial. Uh, and I recognize it's hard and difficult. While I'm not living your life exactly I can hear it in your voice, and I know that people listening in can hear it too, where you're coming up on one of the most serious surgeries in your life uh, where you would want the kind of support that you need. And at this point, um, your husband has decided not to support you. And those feelings of abandonment and those feelings of, of loneliness and fear are all very normal. And, and, and I say that to say this. While your husband at this point isn't with you, although we've got a few days to keep praying. The Lord is with you. Yes. And and He's promised to never leave or forsake you. And we we are able to submit ourselves to the faithful hand of our God who is faithful in every area of our lives, from salvation to surgery, that that nothing is wasted by God. And and when you ask the question, are you praying incorrectly the way you describe it to me it doesn't sound like it um, could you be praying incorrectly sure it's possible we get desperate in our prayers you know we we'll, we're going to go for broke in our prayers and 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 we're just going to lay it all out but the good news is is that the father hears our prayers and he answers them even if we pray incorrectly he answers them according to his will that he allows us to be weak and he allows us to be normal and he allows us to make mistakes, and he allows us to be real with him, and he doesn't stand in judgment on us or condemn us. 
and, and the greater news is, is that the Bible says that Jesus, while I'm talking right now, is interceding for us. And, and he's got a greater perfect prayer on our lives. And, and we don't know if your husband's going to come back. I wish we did. But we hope that he comes back. Um, we, were, we were looking at this in our devotions this morning. Uh, I was listening to a Bible study on the way into the office, to the church building today. And uh, the, the Bible study was on trials. And, and it was in, he, he took us to James chapter 2, which is what I brought into our staff devos this morning. Uh, James chapter, actually chapter 1, verse 2. And he says, My brethren, <clears throat> count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord, He's a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. And, and we were encouraged by that because we have a goal. Uh, God, God has both permitted this trial into your life, and he's going to use it. He's going to produce in your life uh, perseverance and endurance. And you're living that right now. You're living the power of God, keeping you strong. And then one of the brothers, he added this in Romans chapter 5, verse 3. He says, and not only that, but we also glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perverse perseverance produces character. And listen to this. Character produces hope. And if there's one thing that's happening in your prayer life is God is using it to build your hope. He is building it to, to he is using your prayer life to develop in you along with this trial to develop in you hope. And he says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And I, I don't, I'm not in your prayer life, but I really don't think that you're praying wrong because there's really no wrong way to pray. I mean, there is if we pray selfishly. Uh, and I'm sure some of your desires for your husband to be back is selfish, but God understands uh, your love for your husband. So he's able to sort through all those emotions. So even with God, just like you're trusting God with your husband, you can also trust God with your prayer life. Yeah, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. There, there's no perfect way to pray. And and God, and, 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 and let me answer the other question that's not spoken, uh, but is also being asked at the same time, and that is, is my husband not coming back because I'm praying wrong? And the answer to that is no. That is not why your husband's not coming back. It's not your fault. It's not on your shoulders. We need to pray that your husband's convicted of his sin, that he, his, his love for his wife is rekindled, and that he would be the man and go home. Yeah. So let me pray for you. Thank you. Father, I pray for my uh, sister as she has so much going on in her life, Lord including the, the, this miraculous um, open door for a transplant. And we want to just thank you for that right now. Your word says to be anxious for nothing, 
but in all things by prayer and supplication make our requests known to you. And so with thanksgiving, so we're going to thank you for this transplant. And, and Father, I also go, I pray for her husband to come to his senses. He's like the prodigal son, but he's, like the, he's your prodigal son and his wife's prodigal husband, and he needs to come home. And I pray, God, that you would bring him home and that he would play the man and be the man and be there with his wife. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, are you in a church family, Stephanie? Uh, I don't get to go really at all because I'm supposed to be, I'm only allowed to go out two days a week yes. for a couple hours to work. So I've been listening online. Okay, that's good. So, But you are attached to a church family? Yeah. Because we, we you need to have somebody at the hospital with you, praying with you. Yeah. Can you Kinda. can you call your church and let them know when your uh, when your surgery is and what hospital it is and ask for somebody to come out and pray with you either before or after? Mm-hmm. Good. I'll do that. Thank you. You're welcome, Stephanie. Bye bye. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Taking your calls and questions here on Calvary Live. We're going to go right to Baltimore, Maryland. Preston is on the line. Preston, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Uh, yes, sir. I had a prayer request and a uh, just your wisdom on the situation. Uh, it, it, a brief synopsis of it is that what do you do when you have taken a course of action and then you feel God has told you to be still, but you've already initiated some sort of action. Does does God void his interaction then? When I, I In my situation, I didn't know what to do, so I just moved forward. And then just before I got on the phone with you, I hear on this station, the minister, he said, if anyone of you are out there, you're deciding on a decision, God is telling you to be still. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I already started. Uh, uh, the situation was I was living in a place, and the electric, gas and electric got turned off because I, I was unemployed and I couldn't afford to get it on. But somehow, miraculously, God had that electric in certain rooms. It was still on, and, and I, I didn't know how it was on, called BG&E the electric people, no one, uh, the landlord, no one seemed to figure it out. And I, and I just figured that God was intervening because he knew I didn't have the money. And then um, now, come to this date, months later, the electric company is saying that I tampered with the, uh, what we call meters, which I didn't, but... So I was, you know, I'm taking my action to try to write a letter to the public commissioner, trying to write a letter to the mayor, that they, that the city did not investigate it correctly. I'm trying to do what I can, but then I hear today God saying, "Be still," and I, and I just don't know. Uh, I just became impatient. I'm like, I got to fight this. I can't let something like that be on me. Yeah, I do believe you're taking the right course of action, and I okay. don't, I don't believe that word on the radio. Uh, in any way undo undoes what you need to be doing uh, to clear your name and to live an upright life in the light. That The way okay. you describe it, it just sounds like you're making the right decision uh, to get everything clear and clean with the authorities. And yes. 
<clears throat> that word uh, of the Lord through that Bible teacher on this station is for someone, but it doesn't sound like it was for you. <clears throat> okay, 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 thank you. Well, let but, me ask you a I, question, though. Just that, yes. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think it was for you? Uh, be, because because that's what I was praying. I was like, Lord, am I moving too fast? Are you going to fight this? Because somehow you had the electric on. I'm saying, Lord, you had it on. You miraculously had that on. And I didn't do nothing. And I said, Lord, should I just stand still? And that's when I heard that. That's when I heard. I said, did I make a mistake? I was praying to the Lord. Did I make a mistake by sending that letter out? And 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 tomorrow I spoke to CC other organizations in Maryland that um, I just wanted them to be aware of it and to to be sure a true investigation on the meters were done because um, that that's the reason. Because you're I just you're that. simply denying. It sounds like you are denying the accusation, the allegation. Yes, I'm denying the allegations. And I, I think that's that's an appropriate. If they asked for a response, I think that's appropriate response. Okay. And okay. And I do think that there is a possibility as you keep praying that. On the one hand, you can be still, and that, that may speak not to the action that you're taking, but to the anxiety and the worry that you're feeling. That you oh, can, yes. That you can trust the Lord as you're making the right decisions, as you're standing, uh, and, and you know, I'm, 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 as I'm listening to you, it sounds like you're making the right decisions in, in just saying, I didn't tamper with anything. Uh, please investigate this, because... I didn't. I wasn't taking anything. I, I thought it was a miraculous work of God or whatever you're writing. But at the same time, you know, you're nervous and you're worried. And the Lord could be speaking to that part of your life where you can both write the letter and be still at the same time. Okay. Yes, sir. And that's exa- exactly what you said is what I wrote. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I think if, I was, if, if an allegation was brought against me that I did something illegal, I would want to answer that. Uh, and and say no, I didn't do that. I I didn't do that. I wouldn't want to do that. And I wouldn't want to do that. I I don't even have the the brain knowledge to do it. I don't know how to do something like that. If I did, I should be working for them. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. But but I but I but I just want to say to anyone that's listening, to, God still intervenes, even even on something as simple as a gasoline electric. It was on. In a way that, and even the electric people say, "Well, sir, we don't know who name is on, but it's in some. There's an account here, but it has no name. They they are still wow. baffled by it. Wow, they can't even explain it. Well, and I've seen some. I've seen my mother's a godly woman. I've seen my mother pray for dogs with. I've seen God move and do miraculous things. Yes. He's still doing miracles. He is still doing stuff." And even simple stuff that we don't think he's concerned with, God is even concerned with a man living in the dark. Amen. That's a good word. God is even considered, somebody's listening that needs to hear that, that God is even, what did you just say? Say Repeat that? He's still concerned with even a man or a person living, living in, in the dark. dark. That is a good word. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for calling all the way to Colorado today. Okay, thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, we need to pray for that brother. God, I pray for my brother in Baltimore, Preston, uh, that you would show him favor with this. I mean, you already, uh, it sounds like you've already uh, kept his lights on. Now show him favor with the people that are are thinking that he tampered in some way with the boxes or whatever. Um, Lord, free his, clear his name in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. All right. We have a familiar friend here. I'm not even going to say her name because as soon as you hear her voice, you're going to know who she is. Welcome to the program, sister. Hello, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? I'm good, Bianca. How are you? I'm doing good. I just have a prayer request regarding, I know I said a couple months ago that someone got my machine for me, but this prayer, I mean, this praise report is more about the the knowledge the Lord has given me because I've already had this new machine for about a month, I should say, or a bit longer. And I, the Lord has given me the ability to learn how to do things on it that I really couldn't do on the other machine, yes. which I still have. Like, I I downloaded the Calvary Aurora app. No way! It. That's awesome. And so I've been listening to a lot of messages through the app, and so I'm going to take myself off CDs now because I I don't need them anymore. No more CDs for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just praying to the Lord to for me to give me wisdom to as to what to do with the CDs I have because I know I have a lot of them. And, well, you can always bring them back so, in and we'll put them in the free box. In the free box? Yeah, we have a free box in the store for older CDs and, and if you have a stack of them, if you don't find anything to do with them, if we just put them in that box and then uh, people come in all the time and we give them all away. Yeah, I'll bring them in whenever I get them all okay. because I have a ton of them and they're just cluttering my condo. So okay, that was just my praise report. Well, thank I you. Just praise the Lord. We are so grateful uh, that God got you the machine. Yeah, because I know if it wasn't for him, I don't know what I would do. And this is just a word for encouragement for anyone out there. If if you have a specific prayer need that the Lord hasn't answered yet, keep praying because the Lord does answer. Yes, he does. And you're living proof of that. Right. Well, have a good rest of the show and see you tonight. Thanks, Bianca. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. And God is so faithful. Um, we're so grateful for him. Got open lines. You guys on the East Coast, give me a call. I know you're hearing this one week later, but while you're listening to the show live, you can call in and you will get on the show live in Colorado and that will air on the East Coast in a one-week delay. And if you're listening to the show right now in Maryland, if you're listening in New Jersey, if you're listening in Pennsylvania, uh, you can call in right now, and you'll get an answer. Uh, unless this is aired at some time as a, as a Encore presentation, and then that's, there's nobody in on Encore days. <clears throat> but 
for the most part, we are staying away from encores. We have a lot of great pastors filling in the gaps for us, like Jason Vandeveer, Nick Cady, Sean Reinsel. Uh, Louie was even in here. And um, uh, so we, we have a great group of, of men that fill in. Of course, the other guys, Eric and, uh, and Nate. Nate's just doing a great job up in Vail now. And Lord's using him in huge ways. Tommy's doing a great job in, in uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, he used to be Calvary Chapel of Vale Valley. Uh, anyway, we're going to be taking just a short break, and then we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and we've got an open line. Call me, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Aurora. More info on our church is available at calvaryaurora.org, A-U-R-O-R-A. And if you want information on, on me, you want to read some of the writings, that I post regularly, you can go to edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. Do not go to edtaylor.com because I think that's like a Santa Claus-looking guy. Uh, he he took the domain, and it's very hard to get out, get it back. Edtaylor.com is a guy sitting, last time I looked was a guy sitting in his lawn chair on the beach with a, uh, oh, it says he's an actor in Hollywood. Well, then I'll, now I'll never get it back. Yeah, he looks like Santa Claus. There he is. Wow, he changed his picture. Uh, that's not me. <laughs> that would be funny if people go to edtaylor.com and they think, oh my goodness, he looks like Santa Claus. Well, this guy does. He's an actor and he does voice work. And mine is edtaylor.org. And I think I might own Pastor Ed taylor.com but i don't know 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and questions call me uh, if you'd like you can text me uh, text me at 720-336-0897 we get to the text messages when we are light on calls but this one says hi pastor ed thanks for the show uh, I'm not sure, but I think that caller Stephanie, the one who needs a transplant, was saying her husband has left the church and not her. Oh, no. Possibly has given up his relationship with the Lord. Oh, I might have misunderstood her. Thank you for clarifying that if I misunderstood. Um, Stephanie, if you're still listening, uh, if I misunderstood, I think the Lord uh, is still going to even, just like with, I think the answer is still good. Uh, because even as we mess up on prayer, God is able to overcome that. And if I misunderstood and 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 I I I heard that he I thought that he left you, but rather just left the Lord. It's the same thing, the same answer. Even though I uh, gave it in a different direction, God still it it his relationship with the Lord is not your fault, and 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 it's he's still a prodigal, and he still needs to come back. But thank you. Uh, for the person that texted me to clarify, 
that gave me a chance to clarify before the show was over. 303-690-3000, the number to dial we're going to pick up with Chris has been waiting in Denver, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I have a uh, issue that I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, and the question is going to center around what the right response would be. Okay. Um, so uh, I've got a family member who has, like, an uncanny ability to find the, the worst people to date. And basically, uh, this person has not had a single person in her whole life that she's dated that has been reputable been a good person okay. and has not caused severe uh, drama and problems for her life. And uh, so the current person that she has is no different. Okay. Um, and at, at least this guy, I've drawn on firsthand experience to understand just how wrong he is for her. Well, uh, to back off that for a second, I've got three kids, they're young, and uh, my wife and I have made it very clear to my sister that under no circumstances she's supposed to be around any guy that she's with that we don't know. Okay. Um, And I think these are legitimate concerns. And uh, anyway, um, man, this could take a long time to explain, but let's, I'll give let's a, not, yeah, let's a really not do that. short version of it. Let's go even basically, shorter. Um, you know, there was an incident where we said to my mom, hey, uh, if you're going to be having Jennifer or my sister over there, uh, please do not allow the kids to be taken out in any way where it's just my sister and this other person. And that did end up happening, and it caused a uh, a big um, okay. problem so let's, in our family. Let's go to the and, let's go to the question because I think I got a picture of your. I think I okay. got a picture. Of what, where is the question? What What are you thinking? So um, my both my sister and my mom uh, don't. Uh, talk to me anymore, and they use it against me that, uh, you know, they basically twisted it that, you know, how how are these not good people? How are you judging them? Uh, you know, I haven't spent a whole lot of prayer time on it. Okay. Um, but my, my opinion is these are our kids, and if we've asked you not to allow these people who I'm not familiar with and I've got a track record or somebody else has a track record of having nobody good in their life, how is that cumbersome for them to have to deal with and adhere to? Uh, to me, I think at least the way I reacted was reasonable and, and rational, and I, I think my uh, 
family members who disagreed are, are in the wrong, and I've basically just stopped talking to them, and it basically it, uh, it causes inner conflict for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on, on the matter. Well, and you... I don't really know how to frame that question. Well, here's the Bible. Here, here, let's that. talk about some big-picture thoughts. Uh, number one, uh, the primary relationship in your life right now is your marriage. Uh, that that you and your wife became one, and the Bible says that you're to leave your mother and father and cleave to your husband and your wife. Uh, and and so you, you know, if you drew a circle and you put in that circle your name, your wife's name, and Jesus' name, that's the new relationship that God created. It's a threefold cord. It's not easily broken. Your next responsibility, uh, and because you do have them, is to what the Bible says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. And you and your wife are to be loving mothers and fa- a mother and father who are training up your kids in the ways of the Lord, who are making decisions for them, are protecting them, praying for them, reading the Bible with them, and, and making these kind of decisions. These are your decisions to make. And you need to make them. And you need to make them by, by just like you have. If you believe that your children are in danger, you don't want them uh, under the care of strangers, even if they're related to your sister, uh, then that's the decision that you and your wife are to make. You, you can definitely make that. Now, is it the best situation right now where there's, there's no desire for contact on their part and they're turning it around and twisting it and turning it against you? That, that's a horrible thing to endure. Um, it's a horrible thing to endure that, that because you've made a decision based on the safety of your kids and, um, and you have, whether you're right or wrong, it's your decision to make. And uh, I, I think that the way you describe the situation sounds like there's wisdom involved. It sounds like they can meet you halfway uh, and admit to some of the difficulties that your sisters, and, and even if the new guys that she's seeing end up being very, very nice guys, they're only gonna, you're only going to find that out through relationship and through time, not by just automatically trusting your kids with them. Uh, and... And so that, that's the bigger picture, just to affirm that that's your decision to make, and it's okay to make it. Now, on the other side of the difficulty of the family and the situation of division, that's a little more complicated because it requires two people to reconcile. It's impossible for just one person to reconcile. Uh, one person can forgive, but it requires two people to reconcile. And in order for reconciliation to take place, repentance needs to take place. So a person that is deciding that, well, you're not going to be able to see my child and I'm never going to talk to you again, um, that, that's, not, that's not helpful for reconciliation. Uh, that's not helpful to meet in the middle, and that's not helpful uh, in the sense of, uh, it's not biblical, it's not spiritual, it's not from the Lord. Um, and so you have to be in a place where you're open to talk to them if they want to talk, and you have to be in a place where you forgive, and you have to be in a place where you are willing to meet them in the middle and, and allow them to be a part of your kids' lives in something that you and your wife agree on. It doesn't mean that you, you have to let them be with strangers. Um, that doesn't have to be a part of it. But maybe they can uh, arrange a time where you guys can all have dinner together. And there you are. But it, 
before you ever do that, it sounds like there needs to be some reconciliation for your family, and and it's going to require a lot of prayer. So if you haven't been praying about it, you need to pray and wait on the Lord for Him to act because uh, it is uh, unfortunately I, I'm it's a very hard situation. Uh oh, are you? I think we lost you, Chris. I'm sorry. Who is it, Chris? Steve. Let me get my call screen back. It's Chris in Denver. So I'm sorry, Chris, that um, if you're still listening, uh, it is a very hard situation. And then if you mix in-laws in, in with it and, um, and other voices, it can make it even harder uh, And instead of just doing the right thing. And just like the earlier call, you know, we should just choose to do the right thing, humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and do the right thing. And um, Father, I pray for my friend Chris and everyone else that's in some kind of custody issue or, or just not being able to see their kids or their grandkids, Lord, that, that you would make a way where there is no way, uh, where you would open a door where it seems to be closed, shut, and sealed, and, and even, you know, um, you know, just it, it seems impossible. You're the God of possible. What's impossible with man is possible with you, God. And so we just pray for Chris and everyone else listening that you would not only encourage them, but strengthen them through the difficulty. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to move on to Janelle in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Janelle, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. I, I have a praise report. I just I tuned in right at the end of Bianca's call, so I don't know what she was saying, but I felt led to say <laughs> what sounded like some of the same things. I just wanted to reiterate to people that God is a God of seasons, and his answers are so timely. Mm. But the Word says that he inhabits eternity. Yes. And um, we, we live in a different dimension. We live in an earth dimension where we see time as 30 minutes ago or three hours from now or yesterday or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so... When, when it looks to us like God is slow in answering, it's because he dwells in a different dimension, and he can see the end all the way from the beginning. He knows how the situation or the problem is going to resolve, and he knows what's needed for it to work out for our good if we love God. And so I just wanted to encourage people to wait on the Lord and order their steps according to his will. It, the last few days, I've, I've had a lot of telephone calls, and it's like sometimes I just I get so tired of the phone, but it's like God just says, you know what, this is where I have you right now. This is what I want you to do. So as we let God order our days and establish our steps, he resolves all the situations that need resolving in Amen. our lives. And as we just allow him to, I found some verses in Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 16, that are really helpful about directing, uh, you know, our, doing what we're to do, and then the Lord will establish our thoughts, and yes. verses like that. So I just want to encourage people that if their life seems out of order or out of tune or out of focus, just commit your ways 
to the Lord and yes. and let Him establish your steps. And um, because Proverbs says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and allow God to take care of the rest, and He will do it in His season mm. and in your season that's best for you. That's a good word. I receive it for myself. Hallelujah. Thank you. I just wanted to share that with people, and and to, I just felt a very heavy burden that there are people listening that need to know God is not late. He's always he might not be early, but he's never late. He's always, he's always, on always right on time. Amen. Thanks, Janelle. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Text me. We got full lines today, which is great. But you can always text three. Uh, 720-336-0897. Melissa is on the program. Melissa, welcome to the program. Hi, good afternoon, Pastor Taylor. Hi. Um, first, I just wanted to tell you how blessed I've been. Um, I recently moved to Colorado and found Grace FM um, by pure uh, coincidence and a God wink, if you will. Right on. And um, I really enjoyed your um, teaching about Naomi and Boaz recently. Um, but my, my call is of a personal nature with regards to my daughter, who was just recently diagnosed with juvenile arthritis okay. and ankylosing spondylitis. Um, and it's really, it's turned her life on its head. Um, oh, and part of that is extreme pain and extreme fatigue. Um, her, the ankylosing spondylitis basically turns her joints to kind of cement. Um, she used to be a swimmer. She used to be a mm. soccer player, and now she's a uh, can't even carry a backpack to school. Mm. And um, as a parent, watching her wrestle with pain and not sleeping and not eating, and um, I, I prayed a lot because she won't take the heavy narcotics. Yes. She doesn't like the way they make her feel. Um, and watching her be in pain all the time. And the reason why I wanted to call you directly was um, I really respect you as a teacher. And I know that this issue of medical marijuana has been done many, many, many times. Um, and I was really at peace with giving her the CBD oil and trying to manage her pain that way versus putting her on loads and loads of oxycodone and loratab. Yes. Um, but recently with other calls that have come in, I've really been like, I've doubted myself now. Like I want to do the right thing biblically and I want to do the right thing as a mom. And I want to do the right thing for her physically. And right now I'm just, I, I, where I was at peace, I'm now I'm feeling like I just, I I don't know. Well, let's Um, talk about it. Let's talk about it a little bit. Is this the oil where they take out the where they take out the, the substance that gives you a high feeling? Um, the one that she on is that she takes um, has 2% of THC. Okay. But it has a 50, it has like a 50, if I'm saying this correctly, um, like CBD. So, so there's it two, has mostly CBD oil um, there's a few, and like 2% of the THC. There's a few things that work here. And we've got to we've got to sort them out in order to give a well-rounded answer. Uh, when it comes to medical marijuana and marijuana, uh, I believe that the form of taking in by smoking a joint is forbidden in the scriptures. 
Okay. Uh, I think that that's a forbidden, that that's a clear in my book, black and white, whether it's do not be drunk with wine. I think it, I think the same thing would be, um, don't be high on marijuana. I think it, I think you could add, don't misuse Oxycontin and, and, uh, on and on. So legal or illegal drugs, the idea is that we're sober minded and that our minds are clear, uh, to the best of our ability. And the idea of smoking a joint, uh, is, is something that, that I would strongly, uh, counsel against. Sure. Now they've changed that to all now no longer is it smoking a joint. The second level of that is edibles and the way that they can concentrate that THC in a way where you get the same effect or even worse or even a sure. stronger effect, uh, for the sake of being able to be out of your mind and be high and have that effect. And I think that too is forbidden by the scriptures. Uh, in God's heart for us. Um, and now you have the exceptions. You have the, the, the difficult situations like your daughter or like someone that is, is having radical seizures. And, 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 and my answer to the question is, is that as a parent, if it was my child, I would have to pray and make my decision unto the Lord for my kids. Right. Uh, I would not make a decision that said, I'm going to just let my son or daughter live in pain the rest of their life uh, and, <clears throat> and, and because I'm trying to uphold some biblical um, mandate. I mean, I, I think I'd have a hard time if my daughter or my son wanted to start smoking a joint. Uh, and I'll, t- yeah. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because it leads, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It just, that, it, that behavior doesn't end. It either continues on wanting to escape reality or sure. you have to buy more pot and, and it goes on to other drugs. It's, a, it's an entry drug no matter whether it's legal. Um, and, and I would have to have the same kind of prayer if it was Oxycontin or some strong narcotic because even though it's legal, <clears throat> it could do sure. great harm to my kid mentally. Yeah. Uh, and, and so oh, they're, 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 horrible. they're horrible drugs. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they make my daughter feel very sick and she, she hates them. Um, <clears throat> And, but and what do you do when you, when you can't walk? Like, it's just... <sighs> trying to find the right solution uh, from the medical community uh, is, is something that I would expect every parent to do. And taking these hard decisions to the Lord is something I would expect every parent to do. And making a decision based on, on my relationship with God and saying, this is what I'm going to give my daughter because it works and it doesn't make her high and it doesn't gork her out and it doesn't make her hungry for more drugs down the road. I mean, those would be some of the things that I look for, uh, okay. in, in how to medicate my child or how to take drugs myself. I mean, I've had, I've had a couple of situations in my life, uh, where the pain medications that were given to me, like I was like, I just had my wisdom teeth out just like a year ago or six months ago. I don't know for how long. And, and they, they prescribed to me these pain pills. And, and I said, I was determined not to take them. I was like, I can make this. And day number one, like, I had no pain at all. And I'm like, I can make this. This is no problem. Well, it took me out a week, and I took every one of those pills. Right. And I, I had a concern. I wasn't fearful, but because of my background and where I come from and what I was into before I got saved, I was just concerned that that might flip a switch in me. And, and yet I took them as unto the Lord. I felt like the Lord gave me a piece to take these prescribed. They weren't heavy-duty ones, but they were heavy enough. And they took the pain away. And nothing happened, and I'm not addicted to anything, and and my mouth doesn't hurt anymore, 
And I just think there are those times where we make these decisions as unto the Lord. Um, but what happens is, and this is where I'm going to pray for you, is that as you make this decision, your precious, beautiful, wonderful, truly hurting daughter becomes a poster child for everyone that wants to smoke pot. Right. And, and you certainly are not doing that, but it, it ticks me off that the reality of finding something, I mean, if, if somebody told you chewing tree bark would be good for your daughter, I'd tell you to give her tree bark. Sure. Um, right. And I would, I would say, just like those categories, I would expect every parent to do what they believe is best for their child as unto the Lord, even if people disagree with it, and, and recognizing the power of any drug, as you well do. Uh, and, and then I pray against people that would want to use your daughter as, as an example for their excesses, because that's not what we're talking about here. No, I just want her to be able to have be a happy kid and have good quality of life. That's right, right now. That's I mean, if she can graduate college, that that would at this point that would be amazing and fantastic and wonderful. Yes. Um, you know, my my definition has completely changed, um, yeah. and you know, I just she's at peace about it, and. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. Um, and now talking to you, um, I appreciate that guidance and that clarity um, that I'm not going against scriptures. These are hard. These are real-world decisions, and, and we really need to funnel them through not only the scriptures, but also um, sanctified common sense. Sure. And allow the Holy Spirit, because, you know, I would still watch. You know, I don't know the percentages. I don't know how much it takes. I don't know all the things with THC, but I do know that that's the key thing that brings the high, the feeling of a high that starts right. everything moving in the brain. And I do know they've been distilling these liquids without the THC. And that's the, if it was my child, that's what I would be striving for to to, to, to get the, the kind of medication that would do the least damage and the most benefit, no matter what okay. medication it is. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. God bless would you. you. Would you mind just praying for her really quick? I know that Absolutely, you're short on time. Sure. What's her um, name? But I would appreciate that. If, and if the listeners out there could just hold her up. What's her name? And, um, help her with being okay with her new diagnosis. Okay, we will. What's her name? Her name is Megan. Father, you know the pain and the and the feelings that uh, our our new friend Megan is going through, Lord, and and having to live with the reality of a broken body so so early in life. I think it, for any of us that live uh, longer, Lord, we know that our bodies are broken, but to experience it so early in life, I just want to pray for Megan and lift her up to you. Um, that and her mom, Lord, her mom's hurting just like her. She may not be feeling the exact same pain, but she's hurting. This is her baby. This is her daughter. And uh, I pray for the pain and the, the grief uh, that she's feeling right now <clears throat> of the transition from one stage of life to another. And, and Lord, I pray also, thinking of Megan, I pray for the young man that just came here from Hawaii uh, that's over at Craig Hospital who was diving in a shallow waters in Hawaii and now is paralyzed. And he's also living with a new reality. And I pray, God, as they're rehabbing him and as they're strengthening him, as things are happening in his spinal cord, Lord, for both Megan 
uh, and I forget this brother, his name, but I can see his face. Um, I know his dad, his name is Tony. Um, I pray, God, that you can miraculously work in their lives. You are still the God who heals. You are still the God that saves. You're still the God that rescues. And so while we do have the, the, the privilege of taking these medications that would alleviate the pain without causing us to get high, we also know that we could be filled with your Holy Spirit and healed by Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And, Amen. and so we don't want to neglect Amen. that prayer. Um, but as we wrestle with new realities, Lord, may you be found faithful and may our faith in you grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. God bless you, sir. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up to the end of the show, and uh, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, I appreciate your uh, prayers. I appreciate your uh, love and encouragement. So grateful for all of you that support Grace FM. We're just looking at some things today, and, and the bills for things just keep going up. And uh, we, we just need to trust in the Lord. <laughs> but you guys that support, we're so grateful. Uh, this is a church-run radio station. So is Hope FM on the East Coast. They're church-run radio stations that God has entrusted to our care. And we have monthly expenses, and they go up. They keep going up. And they're, they're all the technology. But we got, we got beautiful, wonderful people like you that fill in for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to give, go to gracefm.com. You can give through our website. And Lord willing, be back tomorrow, Calvary Live. God bless you guys on the East Coast. God bless you guys here in Colorado, Wyoming. We'll be here tonight at 7 o'clock, calvaryaurora.org. Join us. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.